My own. Wasn't that a beautiful reading? <laughs> and do you know what's hilarious? <laughs> I thought I'd given Mark 5, <laughs> 21. <laughs> Um, but something obviously got lost in translation because that was a stunning reading from Mark 4, 21. <laughs> Hence, the 28 different messages that are in that one reading. We had mustard seed, farmer scattering, we had the wind and the waves. <laughs> Can this guy not just focus on one thing tonight that Jesus is saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> thanks Andrew, <laughs> totally my bad, because in Mark 5, <laughs> I've only got a few minutes, but in Mark, in Mark 5, <laughs> Jesus does what he shows in Mark 4. He is called by Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, to come and see his daughter, who is on the point of death. And he travels to where Jairus lives. He gets interrupted on the way by the woman with the issue of blood. All she does is reach out and touch Jesus, the hem of his garment, and 12 years of Disease, 12 years of shame, 12 years of exclusion are healed instantly with just a touch from the hem of his garment. And then Jesus goes to Jairus' house and everybody's wailing and weeping. They're full of grief because um, it's too late. And Jesus says to them, have faith, only believe. And he puts all the grieving party out of the house. He goes in. He takes just his three closest lieutenants. And he goes to the child. He grabs her by the hand. He says, Talitha, come. Get up. The little girl is raised. And he, they begin to feed her. And she's brought back to life. He confronted the grieving party by saying, why are, you, why are you grieving? She's not dead. She's asleep. And Jesus is amongst us this evening. And Jesus is our only hope. You know, as we set our sails as a church, as we try and live our lives as individuals, if Jesus doesn't do it, it all comes to nothing. We can get some good stuff done, can't we? You and I have got some good skills and a few grey bits between our ears. We've got a few things. But the real, significant, eternal kingdom fruit that Jesus wants us to bear in our lives cannot get born without him coming and leading our lives and being with us. And his tender, tender presence is amongst us tonight. Because I think what he is doing amongst us this evening is reaching out as if we were that young girl 
and some of the things in our lives that we may feel are perishing, have perished, have been really tough, Jesus is reaching out his hand. He's saying, don't worry, it's just a period of slumber. Get up. And he begins, is going to begin to feed us this evening. We've had a challenging 18 months in so many ways, and you have been magnificent as a church. We were with a friend um, a couple of weeks ago who visited here, who does a lot of ministry in London, and he was, he was telling me just what, what terrible scars and challenges so many churches have been facing uh, because of the last 18 months. And when he left, I was just rejoicing because God has protected us so much. He's been so faithful to us. He's somehow, I don't know, I don't know how he's done it, he's somehow protected us. And all glory to him because we've just been trying not to trip over ourselves <laughs> making our way through this period. I mean, we've done it tonight, haven't we? Make sure you, you know, here's Mark 4. Read that out. That'll be really good tonight. <laughs> It's Mark 5. <laughs> We're not slick. We haven't got it all together. But we are the people who are marked by saying, Jesus, if you aren't with us, we perish. We know you are with us, but if your direct, tangible, life-transforming presence is not filling our lives, we don't, we don't have anything. There's too much stress in the world for us to deal with. There's too much disease in the world for us to deal with. There's too many challenges at work for us to deal with unless your presence can fill our lives, take the place of James and consume my life so that I might receive from you your power and your grace to live for you and shine for you. And I think this evening, Jesus is drawing near to each of us. Some of us are throbbing with God, and maybe some of us wherever, but Jesus is drawing near. And I think he might be saying, come, but I think what I want to say is to you, come, let's go to him. Let's go to him to receive all that we need to receive his kindness and his love, to receive his mercy, to receive the way that he washes our souls with his presence, where our sorrows and our striving and our disappointments and our whatevers get washed away as we behold his beauty and his love. I had a review with my uh, person who reviews me. <laughs> and um, he said, how have you coped with COVID? I said, I don't know if I have coped, but I have run to Jesus. There are too many challenges right now for us as a church to not run to Jesus. And to run to Jesus means I'm coming out of this pandemic 
not wanting him to remain 85% consuming my life or 90% but saying Lord I, I cannot utter a word or take a breath unless you are the first thought in my head and the first word on my lips I just can't I need him I perish without him. But in his presence, everything comes alive. Everything comes alive. And sometimes I ignore his presence, and sometimes I'm too in my own world for his presence. Sometimes I'm focused on this or that. But when I lock eyes with Jesus, who's never left me, but when I open up my eyes to see him, everything comes alive. And he raises me to the life that he's always called me to have. I was going to do a bit of a, a vision talk this evening, but really that's it. Who are we as a church? We're the people who are crazy enough to think that God is still in the business of raising the church to become the fullness of Jesus Christ here. Yeah, we've got a bold, big, expansive vision for the future, but none of it happens without the presence of Jesus resurrecting our lives, resurrecting our church, and through us shining his light to the world around us. That you and I could be seen and simply people could say, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with them, but they remind me of Jesus. And if they don't know his name, they begin to see, oh my goodness, there's something different and it must be God himself. We are intentionally focusing every single ounce of our ministries, our leadership, our staffing, everything we're doing on creating a place for the presence of God to dwell amongst us. That you and I as individuals would be raised to the life he's called us to live. That everyone who leads or those who aspire to lead would be raised into resurrection leadership where God flows through our midst, flows through us as individuals and raises eternal life amongst us. That's what we're doing. I think my message this evening is let's lock eyes with Jesus. Let him raise us. Let him raise us. And let him bring us into a fresh sense of his presence.